Hi everybody, welcome to At The Curb. This week I am deviating from the normal format of talking to an artist, which is the focus of this podcast in general, to interview Fofa, the founder of Rogers and Rosewater. Um, This week until the 25th, I'm running a fundraiser show in CryptoVoxels for Rogers and Rosewater, and as of time of recording, we've already raised almost $5,000 for them. I'm hoping through this that you're able to hear more about her story, the work that she does, and also her struggles in doing outreach with the massive houseless community that's here in Oakland. So I hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Bofa, who is the founder of Rogers and Rosewater, the West Oakland org that helps serve the houseless community here. Hi, Bofa. Thanks Hi. for being on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the org and all of that stuff? Yeah. Um, so I am an Oakland native. I live in West Oakland. And I started Rogers and Rosewater in the December of 2018. Uh, before that, I was volunteering with Punks with Lunch, which I continue to do. And I felt like there was this kind of lull in the middle of the week with food distribution. So I kind of asked around because I volunteered a couple days with my friend, dropping off meals with Food Not Bombs. And they were just, you know, saying that, you know, this is kind of aberration where they just some places had too much food. But most of the times when people were doing outreach was in the beginning of the week or the end of the week. So I said, hey, let me start this small organization to this uh, unhoused community down the street from my my place. And, you know, maybe I'll just do it once, see if they like it. And then it kind of snowballed from there where... It became from 30 soups to 30 soups and sandwiches to 40, 50, 60, 70. Now we're up to 270 meals and 12 locations. Wow. (laughs) Um, And just to clarify, Mm -hmm. because some of the people listening aren't familiar with the politics and the different... um, groups that are in West Oakland, mm-hmm. West Oakland Pumps with Lunch and Food Not Bombs are both outreach programs yes. for the houseless community mm-hmm. here in West Oakland. And I mean, I met you through Punks with Lunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and they do needle distribution and sandwiches or mm-hmm. needle exchange and food distribution mm-hmm. and all, all sorts of things. And Food Not Bombs, there's, I haven't worked with them, but they specifically focus on food, right? Yeah, all food, vegan food. Uh, they have, I believe they have a, they go out to Oscar Grant Plaza. They have a place in Berkeley, which is, is People's Park. I'm not sure there are other locations. They're good people, though. Because like, um, they're just, but I guess what I'm going to say, what sets us kind of differently is we're solely mobile. So we, People don't come to us. We go to them. Mm-hmm. And some of the places are kind of, you know, out there. Like, there's a place 
uh, in Chinatown that you have to like cross like all the streets, the traffic's going the other way. It's pain in the ass. Sometimes I have to get on the freeway just to go a quarter block just to get there. And then we go to this place in Emeryville that's also a pain in the ass, but it has 50 people there and, and all of the different encampments, um, the communities, there are different sizes. So the smallest would be eight people and the largest being 70. And yeah, I think it's really vital that you actually go to these places because they do specifically have to go to isolated mm-hmm. places within the urban setting mm-hmm. to be able to not be harassed or moved yeah. or all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. so when you have a centralized point of distribution, it can be difficult for these people to get to it. They don't necessarily have the resources. So the fact yeah. that you actually go there is fantastic. Yeah, and also just imagine like you leaving your house with all your stuff with your doors unlocked to go get stuff. So it's like you're really just leaving your whole livelihood to get some a meal. So it's actually would be scary because there are times, you know, where people will probably have done it, come back and all their stuff is gone. So Yeah, because especially if it's a regular time, people, mm-hmm. other people would know, yeah. oh, they're going to be gone to get food at XYZ time and take advantage of that because that's an unfortunate reality on mm-hmm. the streets yeah I, I call ourselves the, we're the door dash <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're the door dash of nonprofits. that's awesome mm-hmm. and how many volunteers do you usually have now uh it kind of goes from six to ten and then during the holidays because people are feeling a little bit more giving we've had up to I would say 15 once, but that's probably the most. So we're a pretty small group. And what we do is, um, you know, we usually have a couple people packing the meals, a couple people making the sandwiches. I, I'll be making the chili. Somebody's doing hygiene. Somebody's bagging up dog food. And then we just divide up the different locations with the people who have cars. So, but let's see, let's, how many did we have yesterday? We had about eight people yesterday. Yeah, and is that generally like enough for you, or is it something where you need more people? Uh, it's like it's enough right now. If we grew again, which we have, but seems to be kind of what's happening, we probably would need more. The thing though with COVID, with the space, it's harder. When we have more people, it's kind of harder to space out amongst everybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if we do, we, we would need like drivers. But especially if you're newer to our org. There's kind of each place has their own little special secret thing or like the special way that you, you know, like when I drop off at the woods encampment, I go to these certain spots because I know these people, they don't come down here. So, you know, we all have our little like nuance things we do. So, but yeah, if people ever just want to come down and just make a sandwich with us, we'd love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because I know there's some people in the Bay Area who may or may not listen to this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, and mm-hmm. any org, like, there, what for you, I think Rogers and Rosewater is specifically, I mean, it's a, like you said, nuanced and it's really specialized in what mm-hmm. you do. But yes. what I mean, there's other orgs that people can also get involved with, yeah. um, some that are local. And do you know of any that are really national? that do anything i know punks with lunch has like there was one in michigan uh no there is a punk in lansing there's one in sacramento there's one in las vegas 
and I believe there is one, oh, there's one more spot. I get, is it, is it in Philly? It's in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. But more national, you would have to, to go to either like Meals on Wheels. Food Not Bombs is national. And yeah. like that is, uh, if you are wanting to get involved and you're not in the Bay Area, but you want to help, I would join a Food Not Bombs. Because yeah, mm-hmm. they're really good at helping in, like train people mm-hmm. and they have a really good system of yeah. how they do distribution. Because mm-hmm. anywhere you go, you're going to find a Food Not Bombs. I was speaking to somebody, they moved to Santa Clara. And they're like, I don't even know. I want to volunteer. And I said, just, you know, maybe just Google Food Not Bombs. And they're like, oh, my God, there's Food Not Bombs Santa Clara. There's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They're a great prolific org. Mm-hmm. And then also, Rogers and Rosewater, do you want to talk about the name a little bit? So for the fundraiser show that we're doing, we actually made it Mr. Rogers Themed mm-hmm. Art. Yes. So what why did you choose Rogers and Rosewater? I know there's a little bit about it on your website, but well, you a little bit more behind that. Yeah. Well, I picked Rogers because of Mr. Rogers, who, you know, was this kind of, he was always been a hero to me because he kind of taught you to accept yourself and other people as, and this is a quote from him exactly and precisely as who you are. And you know, that's all we really need in life is to just accept one another you know, mm-hmm. and wherever we are at, in our lives, because, you know, I may be like at this level right now, but in 10 years, I could be somewhere else. So it's just all about respect a different and kindness to yourself and to others. And then Rosewater is from this uh, book called God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, Vonnegut, which is one of my favorite books of all times. I love Vonnegut. And it's about this guy who's just kind of dealing with trauma and he uses kindness as a tool to help himself. And I really, it kind of just stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and both of those things, like, because if you respect yourself, you're able to respect others. And if Mm -hmm. you are kind to yourself, you're able to be kind to others. That's just the basic fact of it. Yeah. And it's like kindness is just one of the things a lot of people lack, but a lot of people need too. Yeah. And especially people in these hard situations Mm -hmm. are living on the streets who have for whatever reason have been pushed there there's a lot of dynamics going on behind the houseless issue especially in the bay area but nationwide Mm -hmm. and worldwide and it's really easy to scapegoat and demonize these people but they are actually some of the people that least need that in this world yeah need kindness they need someone like you and many many others to mm-hmm. like step up and actually show that someone cares yeah and like the fact that all of us could be in the same position where a lot of people are one paycheck one medical emergency one horrible car accident one like failed bill away from being houseless you know i had yeah. my catalytic converter stolen and if i didn't have credit cards i don't know what i would do but yeah. some people can't get credit cards. So if that happened to them, they will be, you know, sleeping in their non-running car because they can't pay rent. You know, it's scary. I yeah. just was lucky that I had credit cards. Well, yeah. And one thing, like, I, we always, we kind of elevate people who have a lot of money, mm-hmm. millionaires, billionaires, yeah. you know, famous people. But one thing that has always stuck with me that I've heard a lot of people say is just, we're closer to being we're closer to being a homeless 
houseless person than we are being a millionaire at any yes. given point in time yeah. as the general population of the United States or the world. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's always good to keep that in perspective because they're, they're literally, for me, it's literally my neighbors. Like, yeah. well, I have the encampment right in front of the house here. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, they are more on our level and for someone to like look down on them or treat them less than is more a reflection on them (laughs) yeah you know and how they maybe view themselves but that's just deep philosophical things no it's I agree it's uh there's a divide too amongst the people who have a house and people who don't and it's become this thing where it's just almost where it's the way like it's going it's like it's becoming like a us against them they're in our space yeah. it's like it's, yeah. is it it's nobody's space with the shared space you know yeah i mean i have that here in the neighborhood mm-hmm. there is a few people here who don't mind the encampment being right in the park here mm-hmm. there's others who are much who are like well i want to be able to let my dog poop there it's my park you know and really like don't like that humans are occupying that space and it is like this divisive thing even among the people who are homeowner or not even I'm not even a homeowner I'm a renter but who actually are housed and debating that constantly and it I've the main thing I've said is just like look they're humans look at them just look they're humans like it always boils down to that like look them in the eye and say the thing the, like the horrible things that people will say which you know you've dealt with yeah. nimby people and stuff like yes. that and yeah yeah dehumanization is a big factor too is why they uh people who live in unhoused communities are kind of they they you know keep to themselves because they've been uh dehumanized by just people in general so that's yeah yeah, it's horrible to imagine it's going through life where nobody says hi to you or acknowledges you. Yeah, just because of what you, of how you look or mm-hmm. what you're wearing, or because of like the housing situation. Yeah, right you're in. and I mean, I'm a lot of us have experienced that on some level, mm-hmm. um, whether the extreme of being houseless or just being ostracized for something. But yeah these people are experiencing it on a societal level that is extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, it's for me, when I go out, I always try to talk to people, ask them how their day is. They tell me, uh, like, they people, I don't want to give out names because for privacy no. reasons, but, you know, yeah. and then we'll just talk to chat. People talk, show me like their pets and some cool stuff they find, you know, it's just like a little bit of kindness, a little bit of friendship, you know, doing to outreach. It's actually great. Yeah. I remember that from when I was working with punks with lunch and mm-hmm. doing outreach and it's like, they, like we would get to know each other and like, I, they knew where my house is and sometimes like they would find something on the street that they would think, that I would think is cool and then mm-hmm. they just leave it in front of my door at my house yeah and like it would be little things like that where I was really excited like one time I found this old Star Trek calendar in front of my house and I love Star Trek and they I'm pretty I'm pretty uh-huh. sure I know who left it because they were asking about the tattoo on my arm which is a Star mm-hmm. Trek thing 
and we connected on that and it was that like I gave them kindness but the little thing of like they're out there and they saw something and they thought oh you know she would love this and to take the time to even bring it and put it at my door is like another like you know the kindness begets kindness and that Mm -hmm. I still have that calendar just up in my room even though it's years old just because it was this little thing where I was like "Mm," like it hit me (laughs) yeah it's it's almost well that's what I like about Rogers and Rivewater because we go to to somebody and a lot of times we go to these places and people tell us you're the first org that's ever you know come here yeah you know and then they go please don't forget about us and then we keep going there and then every time every week never fails they go you didn't forget about us like, and that matters mm-hmm. a lot that not forgetting about them yeah is like that changes a lot of things in yeah. a lot of ways yeah it's what know. we do it's almost i i, I kind of sound nonchalant about it it's very second nature to me now I've been, I've only been, let's see, I've been doing it since 2018, but I've been punks of lunch for a few more years. So I haven't been doing it for too long, but I've been doing it kind of long enough where I kind of yeah. know what I'm doing. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. No, you are doing amazing work. And it, like, that's part of the reason I, you know, decided to host a fundraiser for you is just I know the money that is going to you isn't just going to pad a bureaucrat's pocket I know the money is going directly (laughs) to food and supplies and it's directly going to people who need it and Mm. that I think is like I think that's powerful you know that feels that makes me feel empowered I know it makes a lot of the artists who are contributing to this feel empowered because you are an empowering figure thank in you. what you're doing if that makes any sense no thank you so much i know yeah. i'm really appreciative because a lot of times like we'll have donations but it's more towards the holidays which i understand because you know yeah you feel that there's like something warm when it's like christmas time so people feel that so we get a you know donations then and then a lot of the times during the rest of the year, it's kind of dry season. But, yeah. you know, hey, that's why I got credit cards. <laughs> yeah. Well, and <laughs> to tie in, I mean, because all of this is like crypto NFT mm-hmm. space and a huge part of why some of the people who founded crypto started it was the concept of using mm-hmm. this these currencies to alleviate poverty eventually and um what i noticed as an artist entering the space is there's a lot of money flowing back and Mm -hmm. forth there and some people definitely are you know putting energy into trying to help their communities but i saw especially like a great avenue to be able to raise awareness on a global scale of what's happening here Mm -hmm. in oakland but also showing how you know people like people from across the world have come together for this fundraiser oh that's amazing yeah to be able to help bring you assets and bring you funding and I think like what I'm trying to show is like 
you know art can do this Mm -hmm. Uh, and very easily actually like each artist just did one piece of work I put it all I have this like I know you don't know crypto space very well but I have this Mm -hmm. thing called crypto voxels where Mm -hmm. it's pretty much like a minecraft version of a world that like Mm -hmm. I can I built a gallery in and I put all the artwork in there and then so anyone can go visit that and Mm -hmm. buy that and it's like all this stuff is fun and great and high technology but it's there I saw this separation of like a lot of people just doing it and having fun and kind of forgetting about the underlying meaning of the crypto space which is Mm -hmm. helping these communities because the biggest thing I'm pontificating right now Mm -hmm. is (laughs) I mean I'm sitting here you know I make money selling my art but then I go out and sit on my porch and I'm looking at the encampment and I'm like how can we bridge this like Mm -hmm. there's so many assets and funding here and ways that this could help you know each other but how do we bridge this because there's a tech gap and everything mm-hmm. to be able to do that and so I think that's why I originally like reached out to you about setting up a wallet and everything to be able yeah. to receive crypto because I'm like well the you know people who run grassroots orgs yeah. can really use these technologies to hopefully until we can figure out a way to make crypto accessible to people on the streets and everything yeah yeah so, no, yeah, I'm really grateful for it. I know nothing about it, but I'm very exactly. grateful for it. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> we have you set up with a wallet. Yes, I have that, a wallet. And um, it may be, I don't know, after this point, we should talk about maybe we should have a link to your wallet on your website just in mm-hmm. case. But that's something we can talk about later. We don't have to do yeah. that in the podcast. But right now what I'm doing is I'm gathering all the donations and then I'm just going to do one big donation to your wallet oh, that's at amazing. the end of it all. So Thank yeah. You. Yeah. And I haven't mm-hmm. told you this yet, but last I checked, we were at about $5,000. What? That's crazy. That's awesome. Yes. And the show is still up until the 25th. So hopefully we can get a little bit more funds raised for amazing. you. Wow. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. No, I'm blown stepped, away. Yeah, a lot of people stepped up to not only. Um, oops, sorry, my dog is freaking out. Mm. <laughs> to not only make the work, but also step stepping up to collect the work, and mm. you know, knowing full well that it was for a fundraiser and everything, which is amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's funny too because I go. The moment I started Rajmoor, I decided I was just going to be me doing it by myself. I wanted to be like the Lone Ranger, you know, just do I'm just going to be that one person. And then I like rejected calls for people to help me. And I was like, no, I don't I don't need I don't need donations. I don't need volunteers. I'll do it by myself. And I was like, then I think the third time I did, I was like, okay, I need I need volunteers. And then it's like the eighth time it got bigger. I was like, I need donations. I was like, what am I doing? What am I thinking? But you know, it's all trial and error. All trial and error. <laughs> well, and I that resonates with me. Like I tend to be very much like, I'm gonna do this on my own. And the more I get involved with everything and I see how people can help each other, mm-hmm. like how and it's actually kind of easier. <laughs> it is. I think it's a trauma response to not want to accept any help from people yeah, that is so, true 
And learning how to do that, I think, is really important, especially when you're a community organizer like you are and like I am. So, yeah. Yeah, it was like it was really hard for me to start asking for donations. And then it was like hard for me, especially when I first started Rajma, was out of my house. It's like having like people come to my house and I was like, "Uh, I don't know. And then I was like, you know what? Let's just do this. And yeah. And then when the encampment that was by my house was cleared and a lot of the people moved to 23rd and MLK. I don't know if most people who live in Oakland have driven past it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I needed volunteers who had a car because at the time I didn't have a car. And then, and then we found out that the population in that encampment was about 70 people. And that was at the time, I think it was a little bit less than double what we were doing. And then with COVID hitting, that's when it got, we, that's when uh, Roger, our outreach kind of exploded. Mm-hmm. We moved from two, no, I'm sorry, three, just standard, like the locations we used to, about, I think it was at eight. And then it kept going. Then it became 10. And then it, now it's 12. It's, and a lot of times it's from people who live in the encampments. They will, they have a phone, they'll DM me, said, Hey, we used to get food from this organization. They stopped because of COVID. And mm-hmm. now they kind of just left them to fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. And then in the beginning of lockdown, I also had people contact me because they just got unemployed and they were asking me for grocery drop-offs and things like that and then I think what happened was the word of mouth where like I know somebody who can help and that was us yeah and that's how it happened yeah it's so yeah and that's (laughs) the reality of it I mean Mm -hmm. Oakland specifically the houseless population has been exploding with COVID and a lot of that Mm -hmm. too is I know populations are being pushed out of and encampments are being pushed out of like the san francisco Mm -hmm. proper area as gentrification gets more and more rapid there and um oakland i mean there's it's just they can't like for now they're able to exist and not be too harassed because they had protections with covid and everything Mm -hmm. but i do know like right before COVID, the encampment right in front of our house, like they were trying to move them. And then when COVID hit, the city put in an ordinance or whatever. Put it, I don't remember exactly what it was, but essentially that they weren't going to be moving in any encampments during COVID. They're trying to. There's actually a group yeah. called like, I think it's called like Neighbors for like a healthy Oakland or something. They're trying to sue to force people to be moved. Yeah. Yeah, just a bunch of dickheads trying to... Well, and that's the thing, is, like, Mm -hmm. you can put the energy into actually, like, helping them, or you can put the energy like that into trying, I mean, just make people suffer more. That's really what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, (laughs) it's, uh, these people just, I don't understand. But you know what, I'm, I'm also where they're, I'm in a different mindset than them, but I just still don't understand how you could be so closed off in your heart and in your eyes to people suffering and people living on the streets where you just you know like them being in your field of vision is abhorrent to you I just don't get it but you know it's also 
I'm coming from a place as a um, advocate for the houseless. So, yeah, and I am of your mindset also, mm-hmm. and I honestly I don't understand that mindset either. So I I can't I don't even try to empathize with that mindset. Does no, that I don't. Yeah, no, that makes sense because um, it's just one of those things of like I'm a very empathetic person. I try to understand all perspectives, but that perspective where you're unable to open yourself up and see a human for being a human I just refuse to go into that yeah (laughs) I I don't I don't get it I don't get it Mm. I don't either um and it's just and I've said and I've argued with people online um in our my neighborhood like there's Mm -hmm. next door and different you know online things that you know everyone's shooting their mouth off about stuff and also in person about it and it's just I'm like, you know, the problem isn't that they're houseless. I mean, the problem is that they're houseless, but the problem isn't them necessarily. There's no dumpster for them to throw their trash in. There's yeah. no porta potty for them yeah. to use. So they literally, for a while, the encampment here was using buckets until mm-hmm. I started put I I and I know other orgs started pushing the city to put porta potties there. Yeah. And um and I started trying to redirect the conversation from like, instead of pushing them out, how can we make it so we can cohabitate with them? Because they mm-hmm. are neighbors. Like, what are the issues? There's shit on the streets. Okay, let's get them port potty There's yeah. trash everywhere. Okay, let's have, I mean, your house would be full of trash too if you didn't have a waste it, bin to throw it in. Yeah, you didn't have collections every week. Yeah. I think understanding where somebody's coming from takes a lot more heart space than people are willing to give. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So it's almost hard to want to start the conversation with somebody who's so against it because honestly, it's, I've had it where I'm just talking to a wall, but the wall is a person, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) but they just, um, I don't know what it is. I've literally had, I don't know if I even want to say this, but I've literally had Fox News knocking on my door to talk to me about the encampment. And the second I started saying I was pro the encampment and Mm. pro human rights, it's literally what I was saying. I'm like, I'm pro human rights and I'm, I care about these people. They didn't want to interview me anymore. Yeah. Cause people just want to hear their one side. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, I don't know, it's all, there's a lot of politics, there's a lot of emotion also behind it on both sides. Mm -hmm. And I think, but I think the main thing is, is to just, like, why I love your org and to bring it back to that is Mm -hmm. to try to propagate kindness around us because then it just makes everything better for everybody, even if it's a little bit, a little bit of kindness can go a long way. It does, yeah. You know, I've been at like my lowest and somebody like was kind to me you know and I remember that yeah and I think everybody has that moment when you're like somebody was kind to me when they didn't need to be you remember that you know you may not remember their name but you remember that feeling yeah and then holding on to that feeling Mm -hmm. for me it gets me through a lot yeah me too (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's great and it grows sometimes it gets smaller sometimes Mm -hmm. when there's a lot of bullshit going on but no it's like it's like reserve serotonin in your brain yeah (laughs) it is (laughs) a little bit of dopamine Mm -hmm. thinking about a time and even when I'm kind to people Mm -hmm. like I like I get a little chemical rush from that too and it's just 
and receiving kindness and it's just like knowing that it's being like like propagated and put forth out there yeah there is a science behind it uh i believe i read in the huffington post where they said it does when you're nice to somebody and it does something to your brain like the synapses in your brain just go kind of go off but in a, in a good way you know mm-hmm. i don't I, what's the opposite name of an anxiety attack think of an opposite anxiety attack you know and that's like, a, a kindness attack yeah a kindness <laughs> attack like it just makes you like just like warm and fuzzy like it's a true real thing you know that's awesome i didn't know that there was science behind it but i'm yeah glad i'll send you i'll send you the article it's yeah it's actually it's a pretty amazing that is amazing yeah so it's almost being nice to somebody is a selfish endeavor because it, it makes you feel good well i say that all the time when people are like oh thanks for helping me thanks for this and i'm like no it, this is for me like yeah i'm not, like you will i'm like yes what i'm doing is kind but honestly like it helps heal me in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because i've had to deal with a lot of stuff in life yeah. it also helps me like just be a happy person mm-hmm. and it's me being a happy person is helping other people and I don't necessarily view it as like as altruistic as other people do I view it as very selfish like very very selfish oh yeah I'm doing this for me (laughs) I know it's literally when you get like yeah it's like you're you're filling up like you're just I I call it like blankets of love I call it because for me like ever since I started volunteering I, I met a lot of people Cause you know, I was I was pretty much isolating myself because I was depressed and I was sick, you know, I th- and I was heartbroken. So I was just didn't. And then I finally, like, I stopped being sick. I kind of took a shower, washed my hair, and I asked around, like, okay, let me change my life somehow. And I, that's when I started volunteering. And I then all of a sudden I started getting friends and getting this un you know judgmental love from people. Yeah, and that gave me the power to like send it out to the world. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I mean, you're, again, you're not in the NFT space, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of correlation between that feeling and also that feeling is being propagated online with artists a lot in the NFT space specifically. Um, And that's a lot of the culture that is present there. But I know exactly the feeling you're talking about because punks with lunch, volunteering with them helped pull me through some crazy times yeah. and I mean you kind of saw some of the stuff that I was going mm-hmm. through but and honestly like going there and just getting my head outside of myself and helping them mm-hmm. for you know the while that I did it helped yeah. me be able to you know do other things now I have a hard time I like I'm so empathetic it's actually really hard for me to do on mm-hmm. the street level outreach which yeah. is why I stopped no, like it, it's like I feel uh, too much of it. If that makes any sense. No, no, you got to protect yourself too, because yeah. you know, just just I we're we're like these wounded creatures trying to help other wounded creatures, yeah. but yeah. we also need to heal ourselves. Yeah, yeah, it's and not it's never selfish to take care of yourself at all. That is something that needs to be put out there more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get because uh, what I was talking about with the holidays, we get a lot of people, you know, messages us wanting to volunteer. And then with COVID, people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. I came once and I wanted to go again. Then lockdown happened. They were apologizing. I said, hey, don't even worry about it because taking care of yourself is a priority and it's not selfish. You know, we all have to do it. I do it. 
yeah and, you know I got I'm pretty unselfish so <laughs> yeah it's like do I want to drink a warm white claw in bed that as yes I do sometimes <laughs> take care of yourself any way you know yeah. how yeah and I think it's just it also goes back to if you change yourself you can change the world yes and it's like if you take care of yourself you're in turn can take care of the world at that point mm-hmm. it's true and then also when you were going through that when you come out of it I think it does make you you see like people in different light you kind of can recognize behaviors somebody else is showing similar mm-hmm. to yours so you know when to reach out to yeah you know you become this kind of emotional veteran you like this person is sad i'm gonna ask them about their day this person you know you know pre-covid needs a hug let me give them a hug this person just needs to vent and i just need to be quiet and and listen you know yeah yeah and on that i just Mm -hmm. thought of so one thing i think i notice a lot with people is a lot of people Mm -hmm. want to do good things and they want to help people around them but they don't always know what to do or how to do it Mm -hmm. what I mean for me it's just I I tell people like just do it like just do whatever it is that you're thinking about doing Mm -hmm. if it's out of kindness like and just go with it and see what happens because it grows from there but do you have any suggestions for people out there who are maybe like they see something and they want to change it or they want to organize people or they want to take some sort of action like what they should do yeah uh if they don't want to start anything themselves they can always join an org you know like mine food not moms punks with lunch you know or they can give out water water is always appreciated bottled water because a lot of times people who live in these encampments they don't have access to clean water mm-hmm. and uh, or they're siphoning water you know from a spigot in the park who knows how old those pipes are if they're yeah. full of lead so water is important. You can also just on that note, mm-hmm. pointing out that most infrastructure in the United States that's municipal was built during the post Great Depression mm-hmm. era. So a lot of those things are really old and gross. Yeah, and just pointing that out yeah. as a quick interjection. But yeah. sorry, but no, 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 no. There's a lot. Yeah, you could just also you could just ask. You're like, hey, what do you need? You know, that's how we started adding pet food we started adding socks and toothbrushes and toothpaste people asked us for it we didn't know people wanted it people asked us like can i have some do you guys have socks we're like no but we can have some next week like do you have wipes no we don't oh we'll go next week combs things like that the senior can ask like how can i make you know you happier how can i help you Uh, and a lot of times it's just people like i just want a bottle of water that's the easiest thing Mm -hmm. yeah but uh, yeah, just also just, you know, join an org. If you could do it, you know, once a year, that's great. Do it, you know, twice a year, that's better. Monthly, weekly, you know, don't knock, don't, you know, knock yourself down if you can't do it all the time. But yeah, as long as you can support somehow, you can send a donation, you know, you, there's a lot of things you can do that isn't like in the front lines, I would say, you know, yeah. you don't have to be face to face. You could do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, but you know, prep or you can with the donations, you can, mm-hmm. you know, town fridges is great too, where you don't even, you just drop off uh, groceries and these community fridges. Cause we do that when we have too much food, 
So we'll have like somebody go, hey, I have, I'm a caterer. I have like, you know, five tins of leftover from like a wedding. And then we just put them in town fridges and like boxes for people. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every food we we get, we when we have too much, we just go to town fridges all over. Mm-hmm. So we never waste it. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. and is a great thing to do. And I'm just thinking about, like, because in Oakland, I originally come from mm-hmm. the middle of nowhere. And there is no organizations like this. You know, there's no organization where it's like we have town fridges, we have, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. all like all you know all the orgs that do outreach and everything. Like, it's very much like kind of you rely on, you know, city funded things, maybe yeah. a church to do mm-hmm. something. So, like, I think it's one thing that I just want to reflect on and being like, we're really blessed in Oakland, even though we have a lot of problems here. We also have a lot of people who are trying to make solutions and a lot of networks that are around that are really putting these solutions into practice. No, yeah, we are really blessed because I've talked to other people who are in other parts of the country where like needle exchange is illegal there. Yeah. You know, so they have to find this workaround. Handing out food is illegal someplace. Yeah, handing out food's illegal. There's just where they're actually doing harder work because they have to fight so much just to do this work. Mm-hmm. You know, people get arrested just for giving somebody a sandwich. It's, yeah. you know, I respect them so much because I just couldn't imagine having, like I dealt with, you know, NIMBYs here and there, but I couldn't imagine having to deal with them plus the police, plus the health department, plus all these people trying to shut you down every time you go out. Yeah. Like I still remember it was I don't remember I think it was probably Texas but I don't want to necessarily put all the blame on Texas but I'm pretty sure it was somewhere in Texas Mm -hmm. that like they were bleaching food that was being handed out like the police were coming with bleach and pouring it on food Mm -hmm. of people doing food distribution like there is literal hostility like physical hostility towards this it's not only that it's illegal like they're trying to even take away the possibility that anyone can eat this free food like it is that Mm -hmm. extreme in some places yeah i think it happened to in the midwest and there was a lawsuit yeah by food not bombs and and it happened in florida too the lawsuit was in florida went to the second uh went i think went to the circuit court there and they found that it was legal because it's considered you're having a party, a picnic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's your First Amendment right to uh, do this. Because if we were a church, you know, they wouldn't shut us down, you know? We're just like, you know, a bunch of punk hippie anarchists (laughs) all together (laughs) trying to feed people a sandwich. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And just because we're not talking about Jesus doesn't make what we're doing less or you know illegal or you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's the same actions it's just we're not putting a veneer of christianity on it yeah and that's a whole other can of worms that we will not get into no no it's just like yeah it's just that it's a bunch of literally it's a bunch of punks just handing out food yeah and trying to make shit around them better because shit's a mess yeah we just want to help people literally that's it yeah Um, it's like you know that's all we want to do. We just want to help people. Yeah. 
it's like nothing there's like nothing in between that it's like you no. know, we don't want to be famous we don't want to be millionaires we no. just want to help people yeah and that's actually one of the big reasons i've i've said it probably already in this podcast but i say it over and over again but one of the big reasons i got into doing crypto stuff and nft mm-hmm. stuff is just because it's like there is so many people I see on the ground willing to do the work and it's mm-hmm. the biggest need of funds. And they just need someone, you know, they need that yeah. ability, like empowerment to be received to them to be able to do the things that they want to do instead of constantly scrapping by mm-hmm. and trying to like, like, you know, using your credit card to fix your catalytic converter, like, yeah. and for your car that you do outreach for, like, that's, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, fucking crazy to me like while you are on the ground and you constantly every week are going out there and feeding people and helping people like there should be so much support for you like in any way to enable you to do that like that's the society I want to see not one where you have to struggle and constantly fight to be able to fucking be kind to people Mm -hmm. yeah and do the right thing yeah, it's, you know, like, it's tough, but, you know, it's also a position I put myself into. You know? Yeah. So I, I did, you know, I made sacrifices. Do I want to, like, go to Thailand and hang out on the beach for a month? Sure. I don't do it because I also feed 270 people a week. So it's like these sacrifices, but it's worth it. And, I, you know, I love the support and I love, and I get it in so many ways. I get it your messages i get it through fundraisers i get it just you know every day like things and i love it and then and it's just so much it's so worth it to me and i and i just, i don't know it's hard to express my gratitude without being like too sappy <laughs> <laughs> you know or it's like i am grateful for what i have and what i can give yeah and that gratitude is your fire and the light that you put out in the world and it's absolutely wonderful and i just want to thank you i just want to give you all the love for it okay (laughs) so um one lot like i Mm -hmm. like we i'm hosting the fundraiser how have because i know with punks with lunch like we've had fundraisers at the house here for them yes but in general like do you find fun like fundraisers are good at raising awareness and Mm -hmm. raising funds is it something like do you like fundraisers in general? I do work? or I guess like or how are ways that people can run fundraisers let's just talk about fundraisers that's uh, what I'm getting at no I do like fundraisers because it kind of especially if there's some momentum you know and it really helps with letting people know about us because we're you know we're a tiny little group uh we're we're not cool. We're just a tiny little group. Actually, no, my, we are. Cool. We're, we're, we're super cool. I'm, I'm lying. You guys about that. are like, I can look at <laughs> pictures of them doing outreach. It's like all these cool ass punk and goth and yeah. gutter, gutter kids. And it's like, you guys are cool. Sorry. All right. I'm lying. We're, you're, we're super you're cool. Doing- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I do. I love fundraisers too because it kind of brings people together, you know, who wouldn't really know about us. And yeah. it, you know, and it, it kind of like, they become part of our group, people who, uh, so, yeah, I, I super appreciate it. Like, we were supposed to have a show, I think it was, like, one day before the, the California declared um, the lockdown. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, what am I supposed to do? And I was like, we got to cancel this. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
and then but I, I was I was lucky though because you know I had that extra six hundred dollars and I had unemployment for I had that plus unemployment and my work because I got laid off too and my work paid me off so that helped support us during the whole beginning but yeah the fundraisers really are great because um it just it just you know when I again I feel like I'm repeating myself but it just it brings a lot of people who don't know about us together it's like oh mm-hmm. so and so this group rogers and rosefire then that person is curious they google us yeah and then they go oh my god and then they'll send that to somebody else so it's like it's yeah. like a like a like a rumor like you know when you play telephone <laughs> it like spreads yeah. throughout it's good gossip yeah it's good gossip <laughs> and i love it yeah and also i mean it just helps mm-hmm. I mean, also people have a point of direction. Yeah. Of like, especially like, because what I saw with in like the people around me is just a lot of people do want to help mm-hmm. and do want to take some sort of action, but they don't necessarily always have the funds to throw at it. They don't have the time to volunteer, but they may like as an artist, you mm-hmm. know, making a piece of artwork and giving some of like selling it and giving some of that money to an organization is a super easy thing as an artist that you're already doing to just be able to help and Mm -hmm. also raise awareness consistently so like because I'm doing this big fundraiser but at the same time like 10% of my sales on a certain with certain coins like I am going to be donating to you every month I've told you that already Mm And then on top of that, it's like I have this other project that I'm doing where 10% of that is going to Bay Area Workers Support, which is the mm-hmm. sex work school aid fund. Oh, yeah, they're great. They're so good. Mm-hmm. We had because we had a fundraiser for them at the house here, too. Like, yeah. I love them. I know them. So it's like it's people I know and love and I know the money is going to help yeah. people, actually. But and so and it's like every time I'm putting my artwork out there every time I'm putting my message out there as an art as a full-time artist and you know Twitter persona or whatever that mm-hmm. I've become I don't even know <laughs> at this point <laughs> but it's like I'm it's consistently out there for people to find and know like it also it's like it's what I stand behind so and I I always bring that up as a call to action for people mm-hmm. who maybe doing something like whether it's art or music or something creative because creative energy is this beautiful thing that can change the world in a lot of ways it's true yeah and using that to help build up a cause that you care about is mm-hmm. just it's so vital and I mean when we like with the punks with lunch shows like those shows are amazing mm-hmm. yeah and bringing all the people together we've had two of them here at the house and it's just mm-hmm. like I've there's been you we've been at like the part um the skate park in the lower bottom yeah that one and it's just like it's bringing all these people together to like have fun but at the same time like change some shit get some money together help you know bring it all together yeah and the vibe the, the vibes are different too like you can you can feel like this this kind of static love when you go to a fundraiser show like that yeah like, yeah. We're like we're here to party, but we're also here to help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna help so hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. And especially with art, like, you know, especially like art can really it does change the world. Like I think art artists were like the first rebels, you know, out in history. Yeah. 
Well, and we also are the documenters of history, mm-hmm. which I like to point out too. Like what we make kind of determines what mm-hmm. other people see in the future. Um, and the power has always kind of been in our hands to determine what history is. But yes. yeah. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's, I know it's amazing. Like I just, I can't be any more grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know what the final total is, but right now there's a hell of a lot of funds that have been raised Mm -hmm. in the crypto space. That's amazing. A lot of awareness around this and this podcast is going to be more awareness. A lot of people are excited for this. So, and I'm going to be, it's going to be on Friday, which is tomorrow that it's released. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's thank you so much. And I want to say too, like when you donate to smaller orgs like uh, mine or Punks with Lunch, yeah, you're you're donating directly to the org. Yeah, because a lot of times with the bigger ones, they have to pay their board of directors, and they have to yes. pay. So if you look it up, you're like, oh, so and so gets, you know, we don't have like per diem. Where it's like we have a volunteer going. I'm going to Costco. Do you need me to grab juice? Yes. Yeah. Let me Venmo you four hundred dollars for supplies. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's that, like that. <laughs> that again is specifically why I chose you to support. Mm-hmm. I know Punks with Lunch has a lot more resources when it comes to fundraising, and I know yeah. you're a smaller operation, which mm-hmm. is why I specifically want to donate money to you. But then also um, why I chose Bay Area Worker Support because it's like sex worker mm-hmm. support is very important for me, but I also specifically know that all of the money that is going to them is going to the people that need help yeah. and that's one thing people don't realize with these bigger orgs or they may realize but they don't realize how much of an impact it has mm-hmm. a good portion of the money that you donate to a bigger organization even if the mission is good mm-hmm. isn't necessarily going into actually feeding people or whatever it's going into salaries it's going into bureaucracy and yeah. all that which you know yes those people need to eat too and they need to survive but for me specifically i love the grassroots and i love the people who are doing things out Mm -hmm. of kindness like you are as opposed to anything else so and i feel like more of that needs to be supported in the world thank you yeah (laughs) (laughs) but on that note thank you thank you so much thank you for having me yeah it's been great um, and again, check out the Roger, uh, Rogers, <laughs> Rogers okay. Rosewater benefit show that I have. I have a link on my Twitter at mm-hmm. Empress Trash. You can also go to, what is it? Rogers and Rosewater.org. Rogers and Rosewater.org. And there is a drop down menu. And if you do want to donate through there, it has links to donations. Yeah, so there's, I know you have a GoFundMe, mm-hmm. and then also we should talk about getting a crypto wallet at it, like linked, added to your website, just in case there's anyone in the crypto space mm-hmm. who wants to donate funds directly to you and what everything that you're doing, especially after hearing this. Thank you so much. I know I'm just like, crypto, I don't know anything, but I think, <laughs> I know, I feel like you're going to teach me, so it's okay. Yeah. yeah I'll, I it's ta- it takes a while. I have a, my brain is very soft, but uh, I'll learn it in the end in the long term (laughs) (laughs) there isn't 
I, I mean, I'll explain more outside of the podcast. Yeah. But there, it, it's not as complicated as it seems. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a lot of technology behind it, but it's also like it's pretty simple once okay. you understand all the basics of it. So, yes. yeah. And I think having more grassroots orgs connected to the crypto space would be a beautiful thing mm-hmm. because there's way it's an easy way to get funding to you guys. Yes. So. Again, thank you so much for being on here. Thank I you. appreciate it. Is there any last words that you want to say before? Oh, just, you know, be kind to your neighbors. That's all you need to do. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you all for listening again. Um, that was a great interview. I didn't even have to edit it down at all because it just flowed and went so smoothly. I, again, really appreciate Bofa taking the time to talk with me. If you want to learn more about her, you can go to rogersandrosewater.org and also consider researching Punks with Lunch. Um, You can just search Punks with Lunch in Google and it will come up. And also Food Not Bombs. There are a lot of great organizations locally in the Bay Area and across the country and the world that are trying to alleviate the suffering of people on a local scale. Um, Yeah, support your grassroots organizers like BOFA and help make the world a better place. Again, you can find more information about me, Empress Trash, um, on Twitter. My handle is at Empress Trash. From there, I have links to everything that I do, my artwork, the crypto voxel space that all the artwork is being shown at until the 25th for the fundraiser for Rogers and Rosewater, and also lots of other fun things. So again, thank you. Stay kind, as Bofa said. <laughs>